And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black Hipster, where we talk about Black pop culture, gay pop culture, Black gay pop culture, and sometimes other shit. <laughs> Ooh, Hello. It took us oh, a while to get that. Technical. <laughs> Oh, man, won't you do it? Yes. It was, uh, I was having a hard time resetting the password. It just, it's not user friendly, really, the app also. So I was like, where do I, I had to log out. And then once you log out of the app, then you have to try to log back in. And then it gives you the prompt to reset your password. I'm like, it was a whole situation. Can't you, aren't you just excited when we get back in studio, AKA my closet? Um, yeah. and we can actually just put the mics, the lab, exactly. the on, and just record again. Yes, yes, honey, it's gonna it's gonna happen next month. We'll be there next month. Definitely. Well, New York apparently will be fully open and operational by then. So yeah, it's yeah, just wild and too soon, in my opinion. But... I know, I know. Listen, we can't even. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, you know, I don't know if you told me this. You may have mentioned it to me that there are companies and like states that are incentivizing people to get COVID tests. Did you send that to me? No, it was to get the vaccine. To get the vaccine. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. It was that um, New York specifically was t- uh, giving people vax at the Yankees games. Yeah. Because um, Yankee Stadium was a vaccination hub already. It was a vax site already. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been the first one or like the second one. Um, you know, it's a huge space. So I guess once they started opening up the games to people, they were like, well, we already given Vax here. We might as well just try to catch people coming in the door (laughs) or on their way out. Um, On the way out probably sounds much better. Um, So they're vaccinating people at the games. And then they're also giving them free tickets. If they get vaxxed at the game, they'll give them Uh free tickets for another game, which I think is really smart because then, they, I guess they can probably choose the tickets. I mean, maybe they give them like random, you know, a voucher or something. Mm-hmm. If they're smart, they should give them specific tickets to make sure they come back at a certain time to get their second dose. Um, so it's really smart because A, you incentivize people to get vax, but then you also give them another incentive to come back and get the second dose instead of just getting the first one and just kind of forgetting about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's smart because it's like, it's it's bringing the vax to where people are versus having people go through the vaccine. Exactly. And exactly. Not, like, you can't get smarter than that. Just, just like, it, honestly, if like companies were like, look, Everybody needs to come to the job one day. We're going to have like a round of vax or whatever. You know what I mean? Where it's just, or people where they're already working. If companies were like, yeah, we actually, we've got like, you know, some doctors coming in today to give vaccinations. I think so many more people would be like, okay, sure. I'll get it. Yeah. Come to where they are. It, it is so true. And you know, it's, that's a part of it too. You know, just like what you're saying. And also, you know, I was doing some reading and there are, like Josh was telling me that like New York state, I guess for government employees, they gave you like full eight hours back if you got your COVID vaccine. And then- Yeah, um, I was doing the same thing. Yeah, and, and other states and, have been and doing- monetary incentives for a lot of companies too. Yeah, which is insane. Like some people, like they apparently, like Krispy Kreme was one of the first ones to start doing this, like back in March, where they gave people like free donuts to anyone who received their COVID vaccination. And then like- <laughs> Other companies are doing things like in West Virginia, the state is giving out like a hundred dollar savings, savings bond programs for people like 16 to 35 who get their vaccine, even if it's retroactively. See, that's and, what, 
smart actually with the savings bonds because you know if you cash in a hundred dollar savings bond immediately you're gonna get like 35 bucks for it but uh-huh. um if you let it of course just like mature and whatever you'll amount which and then you can just kind of like let it you know Hello? i mean savings bonds are like worth like nothing in in real time <laughs> oh okay okay yeah you went out for a little bit i was like what happened that was uh, wrong, girl Oh, okay. <laughs> that was that was on your end. Yes. Um. No, but yeah, savings bonds are worth nothing in real time for the most part. Um, but if you like, just let them mature and whatever, then you know it's it's something. It's free money that you didn't have it to is. get otherwise to do something that's going to help you anyway. Yeah, it's it's insane. They're having. I was just looking at like I was trying to find a list because I was just hearing about some of the companies that I know Trader Joe's is doing it. They're giving. Either I think um, time back um, or like vouchers to the employees. Um, Dollar General is giving up their pain. They're giving um, paying people extra money to also do it. There are, I feel like I read that there was like a movie theater that was doing it. I mean, movie theaters aren't open, but they were giving, oh, that's right. They are open. Yes. They were giving like stipends to people. So a lot of different companies, like you said, Starbucks. Um, all these different companies are get incentivizing their employees to do it, which is really, really cool. And I wonder, I wonder though, if that's for those diehard people who are like, I'm not getting my COVID vaccine. I'm pretty sure that's not moving them to do it, but it's probably moving. No, it's supposed to move the people who are on the fence. Yes. It's supposed to move the people who are like, I'm not a hundred percent convinced. And so they're doing all these PSAs and incentives. Listen, I just don't understand how you could look at India and Brazil and still just be like, I'm not convinced. Mm-hmm. If a year or 10 years from now, we all have tails, we'll all have tails. So I'm not going to be embarrassed <laughs> about mine. I'm going to be the only one without, like, with a tail. And it's like, ew, where'd you get yeah. that? Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, we, we know what this is from. Yeah, it right. is what it is. And we're going to be making fun of the, the people without tails. Ew, you ain't got a tail. Yeah, girl. It's not a disease. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go like... <laughs> There could be ways to decorate your tail, you know, things like <laughs> <Jeans>. accessories. <laughs> the jeans with the perfect hole for your tail. I know, for your so, tail. Do you cover your tail? Do you wear your tail out? Yes, exactly. You got, it's, it's but be... it's so absurd that, like, people would think of things like that. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a tail. Or, oh, we're all going to have um, cancer. Or we're all going to be dead within a year. I saw that on... um. Um, John was John Oliver uh, last week tonight, mm-hmm. and it was just like you know some Republican on like um, Fox News was just talking about how yeah um, everybody that's got like the COVID vaccine is going to be dead in the next ten years, and um, just all oh this my stuff going to have this in the next year, and I'm just like you can't just say random blanketed things like mm-hmm. that. With no facts, talking about I got the research. No, you don't. <laughs> like you have research that says that people are going to be dead within ten years from getting this vaccine. Yeah, like what no doctor told you, you that? What scientist gave you that information? It's like he, he had to be working in a lab with all of these things. You know, I'm pretty sure. Right, he got research, but it's not from actual researchers and scientists. Yeah, or doctors. That's the problem. And it's like there, there's a risk uh, with anything. I mean, we were talking about it this morning just briefly that, you know, when people, you know, we're mandated or, or we're required in this country. I think in most parts, I think it's a federal law. I'm not sure that you have to get. We were talking about vaccinations, the mumps, the measles, all those those things that you have to get as kids or you're not allowed to go to school. And I know that once they started that, 
a lot of people were like, no, we're not doing this. When they started like, put, you know, telling, I mean, flu shot isn't, um, uh, what is it called, required. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people who are anti, who do not want to get the flu vaccine, who mm -hmm. are just like, no, we're not gonna do it. So it's like, that exists. That has happened throughout history. Whenever you have something that's new and introduced, like new and novel, people are like, no, I'm scared of it. And I don't want, and that makes sense. And especially with this, it's, it was rushed. And, you know, it affected people on a larger global well, scale. Well, here's the thing, though. It wasn't rough, apparently. So, apparently, like, COVID isn't anything new. Yes, I do. <laughs> and, know, yeah. you know, scientists knew about this for a while. Mm -hmm. What happened was, I, I think, because, it, well, not I think, I've, I've read this in many places, and I've seen this in places, that because it was on such a deadly level, they removed a lot of barriers that are usually in place um, for the like the research and the trials and things to get the vaccination to people faster. Mm -hmm. So they had already been working on a vaccine for it. Okay. So they said that basically what happened was like when you usually, um, actually I was seeing the scientist was doing a, um, a, a talk about it. And he was saying usually it's like, it's very like, um, it's linear and it's just like, okay, um, you're working on, you know, these things at the same time, but you can only do, um, it's sequential, sorry. And, um, you know, you can, you can work on part A, then you can work on part B, then you can work on part C. And he was like, basically it was like, we were up to like X, Y, Z and ABC all at the same time. Like they were uh, able yeah. to just kind of move these things forward at the same time rather than having to wait, which they usually have to do. But it was so deadly. It was global. It was serious. Mm -hmm. And the folks who put all the rules in place recognized that now nah, we're going to have to kind of relax this stuff so they can get this moving more quickly. And they were just like, if they were able to do this with all the vaccines and different things like that, that a lot of this stuff would get pumped out faster. Mm -hmm. So where people were worried, like, oh, they rushed it. They're like, we didn't rush it. We had been working on this. Trust us. And yeah. it's true. I mean, you've seen a lot of these. Um, I've seen, like, videos and things from years ago where people have been saying, like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to have a really bad pandemic. Yeah, like, that's like, true. Scientists I have, have been saying these things for a while. And mm -hmm. everybody was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> and then, boom, it wasn't cute. It was it not was cute. far from cute. Yeah. And... There are a lot of scientists who are saying that if we don't do certain things now, we're going to have another one in like another five or 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And what are we going to do? We're going to go back to living life like we were and and act like it didn't happen or no one said it. And then it's going to happen again in yeah. five to, to 10 years. Exactly. I'm yeah. still, I still plan on being alive at that point. I'm going to need y'all to get it together. Yeah, I am too. I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through anything new. And anything, what you know, that's why I was like, I don't want like a new thing. It's like if COVID's gonna stick around with us and they're working on it for a few years, okay, that, that we can do that, you know, not ideal, but we can do that. Nah, but it want, ain't gonna be COVID, yeah, it's gonna be something new. And yeah. it, it, you know, it, it's it, it's scary, it's the world we live in, but it, I mean, it's scary because I mean, I don't want to talk about it again, but it's just you think about all the vulnerable people, vulnerable people, and how. Yes, in America, there's a hierarchy and there's disenfranchisement and privilege in America. But it's just like you mentioned before, these other countries are just so much. Get it. Yeah, so much Forget harder. It. The poorest people in America don't have it nowhere the, the way that folks in India and Brazil are having right now. Yeah. Like the poorest people in America have access to the vaccine. 
Yeah. They have access to free COVID testing. Like it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. They said to the point that like the demand for the vaccine is down right now. Mm -hmm. So there's all this vaccine available and people aren't going to get it. So, you know, it's going to get thrown in a freaking landfill. Oh yeah. Especially the, I mean, especially the, the vaccine that is going to cost, you know, so much money to Mm -hmm. ship. Um, because they have to keep it at a certain temperature to ship to mm-hmm. these different countries that need it. And I've actually been, I just started doing some research on how I could sort of help with giving to um, giving to these countries, if it's money or if it's mainly money, because what else am I going to give? <laughs> it's just like, I can't do anything else. And um, it, it, I mean, I only did a quick look yesterday. I'm going to do so much. It seemed very difficult to find like resources. Mm-hmm. Like there's this, a few websites that I go to that I love. They sort of, um, one is Charity um, Navigator, where they help you sort of, um, they help legitimize different um, uh, different organizations and nonprofits, which are helping people throughout the country, throughout the world, actually. And they break it down and say, like, how much of their funds are actually going to the efforts, how much of their funds are going through, going to administrative and paying yeah. their workers and all of these things. And it was very difficult to find um, resources and organizations to help um these countries. And um, yeah, so I, I really have to do some research to find out what to do. Um, because you just don't want to, I don't want to sit around, I suppose. I want to do something. So we'll see. Yeah, I just, I can't imagine for people that it's not hard to watch to like, see this happening to people. I don't care how far away like India feels. Yeah, It's just, it's like, you just see like to see people dying, like at that rate. Um, this one doctor was talking about that. Um, he, he's Indian, actually. He, he is in the United States, and he was saying he was talking to a friend who um, got COVID, and he was just like, um, by like the end of the day, the guy was dead. Oh, and I'm God. like, that's so scary. This one guy who was, whose parents got COVID, and he was trying to um, find like oxygen for them or whatever. And then he got COVID in mm-hmm. the like in his quest of trying to find help for his parents. And then I think like his mom like didn't make it to the oh, end of the God. day or something like that. And I'm like, that's really sad. Like that's yeah. really scary. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, yeah we're living. We're, we're over here like we can't sit at the bar. <laughs> we can't have brunch. Like you yeah. know what I mean? We're like Broadway shows are closed. Yeah, uh, you know we're like, oh my god, all the restaurants in my neighborhood are closing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's a lot better than all the people in my neighborhood have died. Yeah, so you know, I'm just saying, like, I get that it's all relative, but perspective. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's like four thousand people are dying. You know, the thousands of people are dying a day, and um, and, and that's and that's the people that they can only account for. You know, what I'm saying they're very. Like rural parts of India, you know, and places where I'm pretty sure they aren't counting, and people are just so overwhelmed, you know, with grief and with all of the things that are going on, and it's 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 really just um, it's horrible. My friend, um, he sent me a video, uh, a, a picture, I guess, that basically they're just like in hazmats, you know, he's in Delhi, and they're wearing like these, you know, just contraptions, well, and. Yeah. And, um, I, uh, you know, too, like you said, it's so many people. So, you know, I've only been there once to just to Delhi and uh, places surrounding Delhi. And it's a, it's, it's a good, I mean, it's a busy, busy city. And, um, yeah, and it's 
billions of people, billions of people in one yeah. country. In one country, like, you think yeah. we live on each other, on top of each other in New York? You ain't seen nothing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if, yeah, it's, so yeah, praying, sending, um, yeah, to India. That's scary, yeah, man. That's on some old, you be wishing you had a bunker and like two years worth of canned food. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you should be like, I'm not leaving the house ever again. Yeah. Like, never fucking ever am I leaving this house. Yeah. Like, no, you'll be, you be like freaking Noah's Ark. Like, let me get two of each animal. Come <laughs> on up in here. Oh, no, we about to hold up for the next two years. Yeah. And um, when when the time comes, you'll be send out a, a dove to go out. And, and <laughs> what is, oh, no, what's what's the canary that they send it to, like, the coal mine? Oh, the coal mine. Yeah, like, canary. Let's, let's to find its way out. And they'll come back and let us know whether or not it's cool to come outside. <laughs> like, it's like freaking uh, bird box and shit. Like yeah. you just do- board up the windows, everything. Like we yeah. don't need, we don't need to do them things. Yeah, that's probably what what it needs to be. It probably needs to be. I mean, obviously we can't help like people who are already sick, but it's mm-hmm. like sending food, sending aid, and in yeah. other ways. Um, that it can get to people so, you know, they they can hunker down and they can sort of, you know, um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. It's, no, I think <laughs> what that's that's exactly what it is because, you know, the people who are sick, they need doctors. They need the right. vaccine. They need oxygen. You know, we get, some of that money, of course, will go towards, like, you know, providing oxygen tanks for them and all of these things. And which I saw, like, on CNN, they were showing, like, people just waiting for hours and hours Mm-hmm. And, and some people for days just trying to get their oxygen tanks refilled. But also, like you mentioned, food and stuff. There, in India, there are a lot of poor people in India yeah. who, who because of this, the eco- that they don't have jobs. They have been displaced. They don't have homes. And they need money, even if they aren't sick. It's just this is taking a toll on their infrastructure. Right. And they don't have access to a, all of the necessary things. So that money will help get that to them. You know, it's, it's created other ripple effects, you know, besides the health crisis, which is the most important. It Essentially, it all is a health crisis because if you don't have food or water and, and, and proper living conditions, then how are you going to live? You know, mm-hmm. so it, it, it really that will help, you know, the money and all of those things will help them. Everyone. So, well, wow. We, I mean, we, we all fundraiser. I'm like, you, we need not a fundraiser, um, a drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm going to look up some um, some resources and talk to my friend who's there. I don't want to ask him because I'm like, what do you think? But I guess he also would have some a different insight into like, yeah, why not ask him? He's like, there. You're there. Like, what can we do? Is how what is the best way you think that we can help from here? So yeah, I'm going to ask him um, today and, and see what see what we can do. All right. Well, next episode we will be looking for that answer. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna left turn because it's yes. a little dark. Um, you know, <laughs> black hipsters are goofy and silly as hell. I mean, we obviously talk about some serious things, you know, because the world. Yes. Um, <laughs> but we also be talking about drag race and whatnot. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is always a light in our lives. Always. But, it has been. Yes. <laughs> um, you have stumbled upon this, um, these questions about love. I've seen these questions a number of times. Oh, really? And other I don't know like if maybe I've just already read this book. So well, I I've, think, yeah, I've, Sorry, I've seen on. them a number of times. I've answered them. Mm. But I also have my opinion about these questions. Well, let me explain what the questions are, and then we'll no, get into it. 
<laughs> so it's apparent, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but it's um, New York Times released this um, article, the 36, question, 36 questions that lead to love um, in 2015. And um, it was from an essay, um, uh, it was from a study that a psychologist did and um, it, it explores whether intimacy between two, two strangers can be accelerated by having them ask each other a specific series of personal questions. And so they break up 36 questions and as they go on, each one is supposed to be more probing and in-depth than the other one. And the idea is that mutual vulnerability, sorry, I can't pronounce things today. The idea is that mutual <laughs> vulnerability fosters closeness. And um, this is, I actually, you know, Josh and I are doing this, but I actually thought it was for relationships, as in when I hear about this study for love, you think about intimate relationships, but it's really about friendship. It, it, that's what it is. And um, yeah, that's the sort of overview. But what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> well, you know, I looked at the questions and I just feel like they just, to me, they feel like very unnatural things to ask someone. Yeah. Um, and these are like, kind of things that will come out over time mm -hmm. when you are fostering a relationship, but to just ask them unprompted by any sort of context or situation to mm -hmm. me seems weird. And I mean, obviously they've done the research. So, you know, I'm only speaking anecdotally and for myself, mm -hmm. but I feel like I would hold back on answering these questions very seriously and very, very vulnerably. Yeah. That's a word. Um, if, if a random person were asking me these things on a date or like a first date or something. So I'm just kind of like, what? Well, <laughs> they just seem like silly questions to me to just randomly ask someone. Well, you know, two things. One thing to your point, like you were talking about the, it, it sort of coming up naturally in a relationship as you, as you sort of develop, you know, that with someone, Josh and I, a lot of these questions, you know, we've been together you know, almost five years or whatever. And some of these questions, we did not know about each other. We've never sat down and asked. And I think right. for, for me, <laughs> it was kind of like, if, if you get to know, I felt like you get to know your partner and it's fun. I like doing stuff like this. And it's just like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's kind of cool. Or it, it brings up things you didn't know about a person. And if you, depending on the setting, because I'm assuming that this, if it's two strangers, someone you didn't know, there's a setting where this is. This isn't like someone coming up and walking up to you off the street. If this is like a controlled setting and you know what you're going into, I think for me, that would be fun. And I think it is interesting because it would sort of, the whole study is based around would two strangers develop a relationship faster or a level of intimacy. So that's their study, two, two people who don't know each other. So right. I but the point of the study would be to put this out in the real world in some way, right? So in what context would I don't you know. to come together and ask these random ass questions? Well, I, that's what I don't know. And I don't know what, they, what, they, what the um, intention of the study is because they say intimacy would teach you strangers, but the people who tried it so far to me have been friends. At least that's from the blurb that I got from the New York Times. So I think, I don't know how they were intending to sort of work this out between two strangers. That's you know? the part that to me is missing. How does this actually work practically in the real world? Because going into a study, you know and understand what you're doing. So yeah. you have agreed to do this thing. You're more open to it. You're going to answer more honestly because it's for research purposes, whatever. But take that context out of it and you just, what context would two strangers just come together and be asking each other these very personal questions and just be like, yeah, I'm going to bear my soul to this person. 
I think it I could be. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I for me, for me, it could be like. I mean, a lot of people don't. I, I think as someone who dated so much, <laughs> you know, I would do this on a date. Why not? Like, if I read this. I go, do you want to ask, ask, like, look at these questions. Are you interested in doing this? Or like when you go to parties, like and things with people you don't know and you play those games, or, you know, you know some people, but you don't know everyone and you play truth or dare, you play never, what is it? Never have I never. Or, and would, you rather, or would you rather. Which I think is way, is, is to me, it's a little more telling because it does a mix of like complex questions and also questions that are really on the surface uh-huh. that can tell you a lot about someone's personality or their character. <laughs> But but I think this is too because a lot of these questions sort of did, they overlap with that or they're very uh, they're not they're very similar to those questions that you would ask in any of those games you know and but then you get but then I think what what is interesting about this is that it sort of this, the point is to get more in depth to mm-hmm. get more probing so you know in any of those games that I just mentioned you know you're not going to ask you know what do you value most in a friendship. You know, how is the relationship between your mom? You know, you're not going to, you're not going to know the questions that you're not going to ask. No one cares. And it's just like, girl, we don't want to bring anyone down at this gathering. You know? But that's what I'm saying. That's the thing about with the two strangers. Like, that's why I need to understand the context because, okay, I'm about to walk away from this, whatever coffee, tea, whatever we didn't met up with in, in tears, like run into my damn therapist. Like, child, I just had a whole breakthrough with this guy. I don't know. Like, what well, that too, with that but you know, would that mean say if say if it's like say if it's someone that you're meeting for a date, or say if it's someone that you don't that you're just meeting for like a friend, person who could be t- become a friend, that's platonic. You know, then I wonder. The study is okay. Would that would you feel closer to that person? Would you feel more connected to that person as a result because you're warming up? You know, the questions one is is a little bit more light than the twenty fourth question. You know, the first question is a little bit more light than the twenty fourth question. So you know, well, by give us some so examples. Okay, okay. Let's hear some of the questions that you you thought were good questions or that you okay. and your fiance learned about like something about each other that was new. I think well one of them um we were asking like the second one. Uh, well the first one, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner de- dinner guest? And um I said Oprah <laughs> because I couldn't think I was like hmm, Oprah and and Josh said Barack Obama. And he did want to do, like, I, I think for it, he did think of, he did want to have um, dinner with someone who had passed, but we're like, well, that's not really the question. So, we, that, <laughs> you know, that that's not really the question. So um, that was something that we didn't know about each other. You know, I was like, ah, I don't know. It's a small thing. We haven't gotten down to, like, do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? But, you know, things like that. It's like, oh, that's a little bit much. That's a little bit darker. But, you know, there are interesting things like the second one, would you like to be famous in what way? And um, Josh had a great answer that he would like, like RuPaul, because, you know, we all love RuPaul. He's like, I would like to be famous like RuPaul, someone who's big in their, well, who was big in their niche. You know, RuPaul, I think, has definitely seeped into the mainstream. He was like, I want to be a god in that, in that, in that field. Like I'm the top scientist where I go to the convention, basically, and people know me. They're like, oh, my gosh, Josh. It's here. We have to hear him speak. But outside of that, no one knows who no one knows who is. And I thought that was really interesting. And for me, I said I want to be famous. There's di- different levels of fame. I said I want to be famous, but I still want to be able to just walk around and live my life and just go incognito sometimes. Well, you know, every now and then someone may recognize me, but I don't want to be Beyonce level of famous. But I can't leave my home or a lot of other celebrities. You know, I want to be able to do stuff. 
and still exists uh, with some anonymity. Is that the word? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, pronouncing that um, to a certain point. So yeah, so yeah, so I I don't know. I'm gonna ask you. But those to me are like those are the party questions. Those are the yes. light ones. <laughs> well, those are the light ones because we haven't gotten down to um, you know, like the one is um 28 is tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time, saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. And then so though then you start getting down to things that you could say that uh, could make both of you uncomfortable, <laughs> you know. And then, like, another cute one, which is serious, I guess. What if anything is too serious to be joked about? Or, like, if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them yet? Yeah, I look at all the questions. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, I, some of those, I think they're fun. And some of them are just like, I don't want to ask. Like, you know, there are some that I'm just like, I don't want to care. What is your most terrible memory? I don't want to go there. Like, what is your most treasured memory? I don't remember. I don't know. Like, you know, it requires a thinking. <laughs> it's like, well, you can't, you can't ask all 36 questions on a date, you know? So, well, uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. A date context makes it even more like, yeah, this is not happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I think not to say anything about men, but I feel like men are probably even less inclined to <laughs> no, for yeah. real, to like want to answer those kinds of serious questions on a date. Yeah. Like I think I feel like a guy would be looking at you like, what the whole hell? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like he'd be like, Shorty, I don't know you like that. I know, like, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. like women be coming to the table with a with a with a damn laundry list. What is yeah. your five year plan? <laughs> but what is your relationship with your mom? Because they learn this shit from like Steve Harvey. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're already asking those kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. I remember this guy told me once. I I talked a lot on a uh -huh. game. Um, cause I had interviewed him about our date. It was this whole project I was doing and uh -huh. he, he obliged. He was like, sure. I'll chat with you honestly. About oh, I remember this. Yes. And he was like, you talked. And I was like, you just speak it as, as if it's not even me. And he was like, she talked a lot mm -hmm. and like, not in a bad way. He was like, you know, she was interesting, but she definitely talked a lot. And I thought it was funny because I'm like, I'm chatty. So if someone says I talked a lot, I'm sure I did. Yeah. But at the same time, I do remember very distinctly that, um, he didn't ask me any questions about myself and mm -hmm. I asked him a million questions and I was like, I could tell you so much about this guy. And even though he said, I talked a lot, I bet you he doesn't know shit about me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause he so, wasn't listening in the way. Yeah. It's a way but like, listen. wasn't interested in like finding out more about me. Mm -hmm. Um, to the extent that I think a woman would be, or typically is, um, meeting a guy. Yeah. Or just like, you know, going out with a guy on a date. And like we had met like randomly mm -hmm. in person back when you used to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In those days, those days. Yeah. It, it, I mean, just, it, you know, as a nod to that, definitely. It is a red flag when you on a date with someone and they do not ask about you, but spend most of the time asking about themselves. And it's like sometimes you can have a conversation that just flows and you talk about light things and you realize you had a lot of fun, but you're like, we didn't really talk about anything serious. Not a red flag. If you had a good time, go on a second date if you both want to. But if you notice that you did all of the talking and it wasn't even necessarily about pulling teeth, you just realized they didn't ask me anything about myself. That possibly can be a red flag, I think. I would still go on a second date just to see what's going to happen because it's like we had a good time, but I don't know nothing about them. You know, it, 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 those are things I think you should pay attention to. I ain't learned that from Steve Harvey. 
<laughs> I don't think I learned anything about dating from Steve. No, no. I know I did not. Yeah, learn I didn't. <laughs> yes. Steve Harvey. Um, yeah, it's called yeah, Common Sense. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I taking advice about that? Exactly. It's like, um, yeah, other women could do that. They so choose. I'm not uh, criticizing, but I'm good. I'm, I'm yeah. good. Refrain. There, there are certain <laughs> things that are just common sense, I think, when you're dating. And um, of course, everyone has, like I always say, everyone has a different level of bull- bullshit. So, you know, I always say, uh, you know, I give Josh the example. Uh, so I say, you know, me, you, and um, my other, well, uh, one of our other friends, I go, we have a different level of bullshit. I go, your bullshit meter is probably much, your bullshit meter is much lower than hers or mine. Not then, meter, you mean like level of, of level. level. Yes, level of how much bullshit you're going to take. Your threshold. Right. Your my threshold bullshit is much meter lower. is pretty high. I could spot the bullshit from far. Oh, yes, Which meter. is probably why my threshold is so low. Because yes, I'm like, bro, I clocked you from five yards away. Get out of my Exactly, bed. exactly. <laughs> my threshold is a little bit higher than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I'm okay. It's like, listen, you got to hold your, your shit sometimes. And um, hers is much, it's a little bit higher than mine, I think, you know, because, you know, and we know this just from conversations, just how we are as people. Right. And, and from uh, experiences. From experience. Yes. <laughs> I think and, that would be a great question to ask a stranger. What? How high is on a scale of one to ten? How high would you honestly say your bullshit threshold is? <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think then it becomes then you need to define what bullshit is because then it's like some people, <laughs> you know, they're just like, oh well, I don't know. They, um, you know, they they in jail or they got a case, you know, because that to me what? is the people who I've known who have started relationships with people who are incarcerated, and it's like you know it's they would have a whole conversation about this person that they're dating. And you have you ever had that happen to you where you walk, maybe you don't even walk in on the middle of a conversation, but like a person, a friend is describing something to you about this person that they're dating. It sounds wonderful. And then the more they talk, you start, you're like, hold up, where they at? And then they're in a different state. What state? I'm, I'm sorry. What? No. Like, what? <laughs> no. I have not ever. I can't say that my friends are dating folks that are locked up Girl. no apparently my friends don't do that but um and i'm not knocking anybody <laughs> that does uh, but here's my thing doesn't that teach you something you could ask you could give it a little bit bo- a little bit more depth because you can say the bullshit can be in relationships it can be as it pertains to your family as it pertains to your friends because then there might be levels to it where mm-hmm. somebody's bullshit threshold is really low when it comes to men that they're dating, but it's really high when it comes to their friends. So it could teach you something about somebody, especially in the way that they might be towards you as a lover versus how they might be towards their friends. Are they going to pick their friends over you and their family and different things? That's a very, very, yeah, that's a very, very good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very good. I remember, you know, there was, something, you know, I put all my personal business out there, but it, not really, I mean, I could be, you'll know what I'm talking about, but there was something that happened between a guy that I was seeing who was kind of connected to one of our other friends mm-hmm. and, you know, him being, um, him doing or saying that he would do something negative to one of our friends and me cutting that off, you know, with him, the relationship, but then sort of resuming that relationship later on and then you guys found out. I don't know if I probably told y'all because I usually can't keep stuff like that to myself. <laughs> I think we found out. 
it was I think it was somewhere in the middle. Like you said something, and then we were like, "Wait, what?" And then we had to probe, and then we got it out of you. Maybe I don't That's remember. Anyway, yeah, possibly. possibly. <laughs> uh, but usually, usually stuff like that, I, 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 depending on what it is, I, I don't keep to myself. It'll eventually come out. Like either I slip, and it's just like I can't hold stuff like that too long. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and yes, and it was it, it was interesting because when the friend was upset that I had sort of let this person back into my sort of life, I would just use that loosely, and. Um, it, and because of what happened between what happened before and um, that, that, yeah, that was something that was interesting that I had to think about. And I remember you saying, um, you was just like, listen, girl, listen, when it comes to men or when it comes to relationship, you, you can't, well, I forget exact, your exact words. You was like, not that you're just like everybody does. You can't put your sort of restrictions or limitations or your ideals on someone else. It's like, cause that's a whole different, realm you know or basically what you were saying but i do remember that and thinking about that because there is a difference between you know what you'll put up with with your friends and your family it's all very different and you develop mm-hmm. those, rela- those relationships and at different times not even at different times just what they give to you is different you know it, it, it's how you interact with the those people who have those titles are very different you know from each other so um, I think the main things that you would look at, at least I look at, is just respect. But even the certain amount, you know, you could have your boyfriend say certain things to you that your friends can, their friends wouldn't say to you, or vice versa. Or that you're, definitely your family members, definitely your family members say and do things to you that sometimes that your friends and, and lovers do not, you know? And you wouldn't put up with the same things from, from, um, from them, you know? Yeah. That, you're already getting enough of the bullshit from your family. <laughs> you know, like, I got to deal with this from my mom. I ain't doing it with you. <laughs> exactly. Look, one, one jab at the, you know, um, at the jugular is one thing, but a jab from you, a jab from a mom, a jab from a friend, this is getting to be too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even though I think you shouldn't let anyone um, disrespect you. Yeah. Whether it's the friends, the family, or the lover, you need to shut that shit down. Especially, too, I think sometimes people will see that and then they think, oh, this is how her family talks to her? Well, mm-hmm. all right, then I'm going to be talking to her crazy, too. She yeah. clearly don't have no problem with it, and then your lover starts talking to you crazy, and it's probably very telling. Whatever you're willing to take from your significant other probably stems back to how you deal with your family. That's true. That's true. And <laughs> your friends usually are like the, the ones you run to to be like, this is happening. They're treating me bad. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. your friends be like, why are you letting him talk to you like that? <laughs> and then you're like, my therapist says because I let my mom do it. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the good thing too is that as you get older, because, you, you know, you learn different things. I think that's the, I mean, I don't like the old, the crickety bones. But, you know, as I've gotten older, you learn different things about yourself and you learn and you grow. But, and it's even interesting, you know, sort of perspective, you know, on, uh, I think it's important now that I've gotten older to understand, I think I'm a little bit sensitive to, not, I wouldn't say other people's thoughts. Well, I'll just, there's no way I can put it really. I've verbalized it the right way. But other people's opinions. <laughs> and and how they see me. Mm-hmm. I think that was always. I think I was. I always prided myself on sort of being introspective and looking at into myself, and definitely being concerned with how my those closest to me saw me. But then I think sometimes if I had an idea about how I am, 
and then other people came and well, this is how we see you. Sometimes it's like, well, I will look into that, but I will go, I don't think I'm like that. It was hard for me to see <laughs> because, and then sometimes I still did it, but I had, I had to realize that, okay, well, this is the, we, we interpret things differently. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, well, if, if, you know, someone goes, well, Stanley, you're hard or you're mean. And it goes, I would go, what I said to you, I didn't feel as though that was me. I, I heard what I said, but I didn't. But it's just like, well, you're a different person. I'm a different person from you. So this is how I interpret, interpret what you said. This is how I felt when you said that to me. And that can still be valid for that person, you know? So you need to look at some, you need to sometimes like put yourself in other, another person's shoes to understand where they're coming from, especially when they're, there's an issue in the relationship where they feel like you're doing something, you're saying something that's hurtful or offensive to them, but you feel like I, that's not where I was coming from. Or maybe you don't want to say that you're sensitive in a nutshell. You know well, I mean? no. Well, because I don't think that that's fair. Yeah, it's not. That's always, you know, some people are really sensitive, but that doesn't necessarily make what you did or said not mean. Exactly. Um, and I think sometimes that's the cop out for people um, when they don't want to apologize or they don't want to look at their part in something is that they'll say, the person's being sensitive. And it's yeah. like, maybe I am being sensitive, but that also doesn't mean that you're not being a dick. Yeah. Um, or or I am sensitive a lot of the times, but that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Um, but I think it also goes both ways because I think also when someone is saying, well, that's not where I'm coming from or that's not my intention, whatever, that the other party needs to also consider that. Exactly. And yeah. it just, it goes both ways. That's why therapists get paid to do yeah. their job because they are the conduit between what I said and what you heard me say. Yes. <laughs> like what, what the point I was trying to make and or what I said and what my intentions were. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause we don't always, we're not always able to get across cause we're very different. We can be different people. Yeah. Um, or we can be similar and then it just be real bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you it's, mean? Just, it's just everybody scratching. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it, it is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And, I, and even, you know, I've talked about, you know, sort of going to therapy. And I think I, as the more and more I go through this, the more and more I feel as though I need to, I've seen how I've just sort of, well, I haven't really been, I've been in therapy for a few years before COVID, but the relationship therapy, we entered like right um right at the top before things just like completely shut down, probably a month before things just shut down. So all of the new communication tool and resources that I've got, I've, I've learned are new. So I, I know that I'm excited about it because I feel like, okay, I can apply this to the relationships that I have with my friends, you know, and my family. And I've seen it. I just haven't seen you guys that much, you know? So it's like <laughs> that I'm excited to excited because, you know, I've, I've heard, um, you know, what is it? What am I trying to say? There are things that, uh, there are ways that I want to say, I want to communicate to my friends. How can I be a better friend? Or what are the ways that I've hurt you are? And I think those are, uh, those are important. You know, I think with friendships, of course, you don't realize how important those, I think I know how important I've always said, I'm blessed with very good friends and good family. And you want to cultivate those relationships and you want to make sure that you're able to communicate with those people in a way that you're both hearing each other. And that I've learned, I think, more so over the past year and uh, to try to make sure that I'm being a good friend or giving my friends certain things that they need, because that's important. I had a friend call me and he was like, I don't feel like you're uh, you're calling me enough or you're seeing me enough. And at first I was like, what the hell? We ain't dating. But I was just like, I got shit going on in my life. 
But then I was appreciative. I go, you know, at least you reached out and told me how you felt. I may not agree with it, but at least you told me. And I appreciated that sort of open line of communication. I do always think that's a little weird, though, when a friend does that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, when, especially when either one or both of us has a significant other. Uh Because it's just kind of like. It's, I think it's especially weird when the person who has a significant other says that yeah. to a single friend. I'm ah. like, that's a little selfish. You got your boo. I'm out here dating, dipping it, doing it, trying to find my person. Mm-hmm. You got your man at home, but you want me to also make just as much time for you as you need to make for your significant other? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah. you. Because I had a friend tell me that her married friend, her friend who's married with a child, uh-huh. said that to her, was like genuinely upset. Like, oh, God. It was like a fight. Like, you don't reach out to me enough. You don't xyz enough and i was like uh-uh i would have checked her real quick quick like i am not your husband <laughs> but no 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 you ain't gonna do that it's covid i'm over here single trying to uh freaking online date during covid i didn't have mm-hmm. a virtual date yesterday how you think that went like get out of here girl Go yeah be be at home hold up with your husband and your child that's what it is i think she probably was just like you know sick of 24 7 with her husband and child and she wanted her friends yeah to like reach out more but again it's like you she didn't reach out and say like hey girl i miss you can we do more virtual dates can we do more this can we? she just was accusatory and i'm like mm-hmm. ah, 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 ah. yeah you can't do that the route yeah. to go mm-hmm. um i did want to say i feel like the questions as we had this conversation more I think those questions would be really good to ask of your parents, parent to child to ask each other those questions. Cause I think you don't get to know your parents on a certain level. Um, and that would open up a certain understanding. You know, sometimes people be real resentful of their parents or like Mm -hmm. how they grew up and things like that. Cause they, (laughs) sometimes people just can't grasp that. Like parents are not perfect. And actually parents are quite imperfect and they fuck up a lot. Yes, <laughs> and yes. Um, people still just be angry about things that happen um, even like small things that happen in your childhood it's like yeah well your mother was still kind of partying because she had you young mm-hmm. um, and yeah I'm like people don't get to know their parents the way they get to know their friends Yes, and I'm like maybe if you asked your parents certain types of questions it would open up your understanding of them and change your perspective on cert- some of the things that exactly. happened over your lives and yes. also the same for your parents where it's just like things that you probably would normally not tell your parents because they're mm-hmm. not your friends. You don't look at them as your friends um, unless your parent is like your best friend. Then good. You're light years ahead of the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's an excellent point. You know, that was actually something that I was talking about with my therapist, you know, sort of like the relationship that I have with my mom and sort of, but you know, that's, that's interesting. Cause now I'm going to call my mother after this and be like, mom, I want to ask you these questions. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, she's going to be like asking me these personal things. I know. Why are you asking me this, Stanley? And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a good point. But, um, before we end it, darling, could I ask you one of the questions? Oh Lord. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what roles do love and affection play in your life? That's not it. Um, I should have oh, let it pause like... for a second. Uh, <laughs> this is an easy one. This is the fuck one. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body oh, of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? I'm definitely taking mind. Yeah. You already know that. 
I, I, I feel like I said that. I'm I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I've always said like I, I'm never even going to retire. I'm like I'm going to continue to create for as long as my mind will let me. Yeah. And now, yeah. granted, my fingers will be all completely rounded over. <laughs> <laughs> I have a permanent bald fist. I'll have somebody have to type this shit for me. But by the time I'm, you know, super old, we probably wouldn't be typing anything. That's the true. way technology's going anyway. I'll yeah. be able to think a thought and just put it like into the world. Exactly. So, yeah, it. definitely mind. Because, like, you want to, I mean, I, and, and, and I'm still able to, like, you know, age and 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 be wise and whatever. But I want to mm-hmm. be sharp of mind. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. be able to like remember that thing that happened when I was twenty, and you know mm-hmm. this outfit that I wore. You know to you know I remember like my wedding and things like that. Hell yeah! Like yeah, and yeah. My body might be like applesauce, but I would still <laughs> be fun and popping and be like, wheel me to the party. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you, when you said that your body's going to be like applesauce, I just imagined, I don't know why, just some man carrying you around. It's like, oh, no, she's sharp as hell. She don't wear herself. She has a man that just carries her around everywhere, you know? And some, he's going to be young. young and yeah, he's going to be super in love with me because he's <laughs> yeah. like, yo, she looks like a melting candle, but she's mad charming. And yeah. she just fills me with so much. Yeah, you're going to be an old woman with a young harem of gays that are just like tending to your airy needs. <laughs> Or if I just start doing yoga every day now, my body will still be legit and I'll still be sharp. And they'd be like, there's no way that lady's like 97. And I'd be like, I know. Yeah. She's like, look at that. Look at that. She can put a head to a knee. Look, I can't even do that. You're like, this is what I do. Yeah. I'll be popping. I'll be the most interesting woman in the world. I'll be doing them Dos Equis commercials. Like, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or, or Blue Label because, you know, I'm classy. (laughs) (laughs) yes well i just so just so you know boo i will be bringing these questions some of these questions around for the next friend outing not a big friend about that well Uh, we we asked a bunch of questions at my birthday outing and some of them got dark they did yes yes some of them got quite dark Oh my um, gosh! There yeah, was we one were like... in part- There were two in particular that we were very much other sides of the fence, and <laughs> I feel like that? I'm always the other side of the fence from everybody else. Hold on, which was the question? To remind me again. The one was if you were like the medical examiner and someone died like very tragically, and their body was like completely destroyed, but the family insisted on seeing it. Would you let them? And then oh yeah, yes, I know what I was, said. And there was going to be a crash, and you had to either kill five children or ten elderly people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Why would we ask the questions at a yeah. celebration? Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Like, yeah, I don't know who. Wondering. Oh, yeah, Josh and his questions. Yeah, <laughs> it, it started off like, and then it just like, what your perfect home, and then it went into that, and we were like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Wait, we also a met a friend and boyfriend for the first time. Exactly. So, uh, welcome exactly. to the group. <laughs> yes, we were very excited. Well, I was very excited. I, I don't know if it was the liquor that got to me because at first, I the funny thing is, I will admit, I knew who he was. She was kind of dating him when he came up, but I just wanted to make it known. I wanted everyone else to know. Listen, y'all, this is a special occasion. Look, we ain't seen a new data 
into the fold and at least we've been locked we've been on lockdown this is true don't come in just unannounced. You need to stand up, clear your throat, clean a glass, and say, oh, this is God. the man that I'm bringing. Um, <laughs> well, shout out to yourself. any new COVID love, you know? I know. Sound love during COVID. Shout out to y'all, because, man, I'm hearing it is rough in these streets. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then I did you hear that, um, just speaking of love, um, that um, condom sales are going back up, girl. Condom sales on the rise. Ooh, they so, should have been on the rise last year. <laughs> well, I think they they dropped off, of course, because of the pandemic, and no one was buying condoms because I guess mm. people weren't meeting new people to have sex with. I get that, which makes me, yeah, I feel like people were still having sex. So oh, I think so. I'm I think... it was just that it was just couples that were just, you know, like, look, we don't need no condoms. Yeah. So we good. Exactly. Lots of people are having sex. So I'm just hoping it wasn't lots of people having reckless, unprotected sex. Well, well, yeah, I think it was now that we're able to sort of see people and, you know, people are getting vaccinated. People are like, I'm going to get some and they're buying condoms (laughs) more because it's like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't want COVID, but I also don't want, you know, anything else. I don't want an STD. I don't want anything, you know, so they trying to protect themselves. So I'm like, good for condom sales. That people are now meet, which means that people are now meeting each other and hooking up. Mm-hmm. Good for condom sales. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yes. if you like this episode of Black Hipster, condom sales or not, um, make sure you subscribe. <laughs> we are everywhere you're listening to your podcast. Maybe not everywhere, but we're on Spotify, we're on uh, iTunes, we're definitely on Podbean, so make sure you subscribe and rate us, top mm-hmm. stars, so we can um, know that you love us and we'll come back every week and give you something new. Um, mm-hmm. You can also email us at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on Instagram at blackhipsterpodcast. You can also follow me at the Shawa Evans. And where can they find you, Boo Thang? Standrick Wiggins. Does it? Just mm-hmm. Standrick Wiggins. All right. Mm-hmm. There Well, <laughs> Oh, man. I need to go and get into some weekend things. Uh, wow. It's it's sad how, like, as you get closer to 40, the things that excite you. Um, I'm excited because I just got new hooks from my shower curtain. Oh, girl. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I need to take my shower curtain down and wash it and I'm like yay I got these new hooks that make it easier to put it back up oh yeah I understand <laughs> is it a hook and it's crazy because I said to my husband I'm like oh we need to wash the shower curtain he was like oh I hate taking that thing down I'm like I just ordered new hooks because we <laughs> do hate taking that thing down so yeah uh, yeah, the, <laughs> uh, yeah so that's, that's what I'm doing as we part ways yeah, I'm gonna clean. I need to mop and, and, and sweep. So yes, <laughs> not as yeah. And so clean dust all the windows. Oh, yeah. God yeah. Love it. Well, then, <laughs> as we both go on and get into these exciting things, until next week, y'all. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.